Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Catherine Toon. Welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. And um, I have a, a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. And I think, um, if we're honest, it's such a cry of the human heart when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And, uh, and that is to be loved and, and to love. Uh, and you know, it's, it's really fascinating and kind of disturbing that we were created in the image and likeness of love. And so, which means that part and parcel to our nature, uh, to be loved and to love is really our primary essence, right? And the disturbing part, that's not disturbing. <laughs> um, the disturbing part is that this gets hijacked so much, right? So we have this primary need and it's not the only need we have. Uh, but, you know, it's really interesting if, if you look at infants, if they're not held and not loved, they just, uh, they just dwindle. They call it failure to thrive. And, you know, if they're fed and everything else, but they're, they're not loved and hugged and receiving love. Uh, and part of one of the, you know, the languages of love is, is physical touch, but there's words of affirmation and acts of service and quality time and gifts. And these are all ways that God wired us to receive love. And usually there's a primary love language. If you haven't um, le- uh, read the love languages book, uh, uh, you should read that and really get a sense of what your primary love language is because you were made for that. And so, and sometimes people try to love you in a language that's not yours. So I'm not particularly a gifts person. I mean, I love gifts, please. You know, yeah, you said me gifts. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're all being loved in all our languages is great, but I'm I'm primarily a words of affirmation that encourages me. That makes me actually feel loved. And um, you know, other people major on the physical touch or major on the the quality time and all of that. And and it's important uh, to study how people feel loved so that the ones that you're called to. You can go out of your way to love them in a language that makes sense to them, even if it's not kind of your primary love language. So that's a really good book to get. But, you know, we were made for love. We really were. And when it doesn't happen, we, we dwindle. We suffer. We do not thrive. We have a failure to thrive. And the primary person um, that we need love from is the one who loves perfectly is God. And, and a lot of times we try to get love. We're not connecting with God through other people. And that's actually valid in, in to an extent. It's just that we have to recognize that people are conduits, not sources. And so if you're looking for a person to be where you get your love needs met, period. And it's just, you know, um, us and me and them against the world or whatever, uh, you're really going to be disappointed because that person was never designed to be that way. Um, and so, you know, kind of that naive, you know, we just need each other, you know, it's just all, you'll be, 
you meet all my needs is delusional. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the primary place where we need to be receiving that is, is love. And we do receive through other people. So it's not an either or, it's a both and. But we have to recognize the one we need love from the most is the one who created us. And he loves perfectly. And if I hear one cry more than any other cry, I want to experience God's love. And, you know, this is not just a one time, like, got it, been there, got the t-shirt, check that off my list. This is an ongoing need. And I don't care if you're the love minister, <laughs> if you're, you know, whatever, this is, you've written 2,500 books on this and preach it, whatever. This is an ongoing need. And, um, and so any place where there's an interference of being able to receive that is problematic. And we're going to talk about those because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the damage that we have as human beings is because we've not been loved properly. It's just what it is. And, and this is not to point fingers. It's diagnostic. Right. So in other words, what I mean by that is like, well, maybe there is like you got abused as a child and that's a thing, but it's not there to condemn. It's there to diagnose where the breakdown happened. Right. And so with that, uh, we need a lot of healing. We really do. I don't, no one gets through this life unscathed. Right. And I mean, I'm not trying to be a neggy, but, but like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about these because I, I, you know, and, and it breaks my heart when I hear, I hear that cry and it's such a primal cry. I want to experience God's love. And maybe you've experienced God's love in the past and it feels like, ah, oh, you know, um, I just can't like break through or whatever. And sometimes it's really sad because we kind of go through the motions. You know how it is. Like we're worshiping and like healing nothing. <laughs> and I'm all about, I, you know, I recently ministered at a church and it was so fun to worship. It just, it was so life-giving and lovely, but we all know what it's like to kind of go through the motions. Um, and you know what? There's no condemnation. That's just not allowed. So I don't want you to feel condemned, but I want to just kind of help you. And sometimes we feel like, well, you know, I just need to worship and worship and, and receive. And that's actually a good way to do it. Um, it's actually a romance, but sometimes if it feels like you're worshiping and you're really kind of pushing through and you're striving and you're getting into striving mode, it's not life giving. And I'm not saying, you know, if you feel led to push through and break through that way, great, do that. Um, but I think a lot of times there's actually underlying issues that come up that interfere with our ability to connect with God and receive his love, right? They're underlying issues. And so, which means that the underlying issues, addressing the issues will help you where it matters. Okay. So let's talk about this. Um, probably one of the foundational things, because God is a person and he's love. And so, which means we're, we're in our heart of hearts, uh, we're going to relate to him as a person. And that's actually accurate, right? That's actually accurate. So when there is the area of lies I'm going to be talking about. Hi, Yvonne. Thank you for sharing, honey. Uh, she said it was, I find it hard to forgive. No, it is hard to forgive. I, I, that's not, um, that, that's, you're not alone. 
Uh, and so when you're having a hard time forgiving, this is necessary. Yvonne, I'm just going to jump off kind of where you said it, because I think it's such a hard cry. You pull on the grace of God to do what it's hard to do. That's why you have grace to begin with, to do what it's hard to do or to do what it's impossible to do. Okay. And that's why you pull on God's grace. Um, so when we're believing lies, or honestly, when we just have an offense, and sometimes we have an offense with God, it will disconnect us because he's a person. Listen, if I'm mad at you for some reason, like I prayed and you didn't come through, like I prayed for that person, they died, or I prayed for my husband and he left, or, or my wife and she left, or, you know, I prayed for healing and it didn't happen, you know. We can get really offended, particularly with God, particularly when, listen, I've got scripture. So, you know, God, you did not fulfill your promise in scripture and we can get really offended. Now, I'm not going to talk about like answering prayer and that kind of thing. That's a whole different topic. I'm just talking about the relational piece. And so it may make you feel like you don't love me, God. Or you love other people because you answered their prayer the way it, I think it should happen and you didn't answer mine. Or this tragedy happened, right? How could you let that happen? And that was a big thing for me. You know, I, I in my period and in my teens and early 20s, when I was really running away from God, um, I was like, if you're so good and you are so powerful, how can you let everything I care about be devastated? And it's actually a good question, except um, God can't answer it directly from that standpoint. In other words, um, I had to really forgive him until he was able to minister in that place that I could receive and be at peace and be healed. So, you know, if we're asking why God, why and all that kind of stuff, this is generally an answer, a question he doesn't answer Um because we need to go back. There are things he can minister in it. Okay. But whatever he would minister would not satisfy because we're hurting and angry. And the thing is, you're not going to be able to hear from God well or receive his love if you're angry at him. It's like, I dare you to love me. Now, sometimes this happens and um, we we're not aware that we have an offense, particularly for Christians. Like non-Christians are like, yeah, I'm pissed at God. And, you know, <laughs> I just usually don't have a problem with it. It's usually Christians that have the problem because they think it's, it's like sacrilege to be angry at God. And of course he's perfect and he is perfect because sometimes it doesn't feel that way. I'm talking about feelings. I'm not talking about logic. I'm talking about feelings and in our hearts where we feel like God has let us down where God is, you know, um, favors some people, where God has been distant, where God has been uh, abandoned us, uh, where God has, um, has punished us, where God is scary, all these different things, we're going to need to forgive a sinless God. And sometimes we need to forgive a, sin, a sinless God by his grace. You know, God already knows if you have a chip on your shoulder about him. He really does. And he's not pissed about it. He's just wants to help you get past it because you can't receive from someone you're blocking out. So that's a huge one. And this is all interrelated with lies we believe about God, right? Because the, I'm not talking about like your, your doctrine. I mean, it's important to get your doctrine straight. Okay. It is important. God is love and he's perfect and he's truth. 
and he never leaves us and never forsakes us. And that's great, except, and it is great, okay, intrinsically. Um, but where it doesn't feel that way, that's where our breakdown is. And it feels like God is not loving us. So this is, falls in the area of forgiveness. And I'm talking specifically about forgiving God. And then also the lies we believe about God. Okay. And sometimes, you know, we know in our rational mind, God, you never leave me or forsake me. But you know where it really feels like, God, you know, where the hell were you? You know, it's going to be really hard to receive. And God's going to need to minister in that place that feels that way. And it's not a logical place. It's not like, well, I'm just going to, you know, you listen, you cannot um, shove scripture in there and have it minister to your heart. Scripture that is breathed by God, that ministers will minister. But I'm just saying, where you in your conscious mind say, you'll never leave me, forsake me. And then, you know, you have this health crisis or someone um, uh, raped you or someone uh, ran off with your spouse or, or your business collapsed or, you know, killed your child. Okay, these are big things. And it may feel like, God, where are you? So you may know you're here and God is like, where, where, where are you? And so this is what needs ministry. It's just being honest. It's just God as a person we need to be honest with and we need to be honest with ourselves. God can handle all our anger. He can handle all our little fingers pointed at him or big fingers. He can handle it. Uh, he can handle our rage. At it. He can handle all of it because at the bottom of it, is a hurting person, is a child, he wants to minister and to heal. Okay. And he gets to be that. And he's masterful at that. But when we have all these walls because we're angry and we're not forgiving him and we can't forgive him or whatever, we're holding on to it so tight. He's, he doesn't, you know, and sometimes we, we want him to like kick down the doors and kick down. The, he doesn't work that way because that would be violating you as a person. But he will woo your heart to open the door a crack, right? So that he can start to minister in a way that's life-giving to you, yeah? So he can start to minister to you in a way of life that's life-giving. Somebody said, and I don't want to, and I just want her to have privacy. It says, my whole life has been full of hurt and never been able to let go of things I pray about it every day, but fall into the same trap with people. I want to love people no matter what. Um, what a gorgeous, wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Yvonne. Um, and, you know, the thing is this, you just you just need ministry. You just need healing. Where your heart has been hurt over and over and over and over, right? Um, listen, that's where you live. That just needs ministry. Forgiveness is, is necessary. Let me just say this. Forgiveness is necessary, but not sufficient. In other words, sometimes forgiveness is all you need, but I, I usually find that's not enough, to be quite frank with you. It's, it needs to happen. And sometimes you just need to do it like, cause you know, you need to do it. And it's like eating spinach or something. <laughs> you just need to do it for you. You're not saying it was okay. You're not letting people off the hook. You're just saying, you know what? They can't pay me back for what they took. So I'm going to give it over to God and trust him. And then when you're forgiving God, you're just like coming clean with your beef against him. And so what needs ministry then is kind of the next step. Because usually forgiveness is one of the first pieces, not always. 
but sometimes we need to forgive as sin God. Sometimes we need to forgive people who um, very often um, represented God to you and they hurt you and they didn't love you. They abandoned you. They rejected you. They um, exploited you, whatever that is. And, you know, I mean, everybody's process is different, but the forgiveness piece is huge. And sometimes that may be the whole thing. Like you just may need to get away in your little car, go on a hike or whatever you need to do and just let her rip. There's nothing that you can say to God that's so ugly. Like he's like, wow, I can't be what <laughs> He already knows it. But this is, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about relationship. So which means you expressing it. That means you come clean with your heart in terms of, I'm just angry about this. I feel this way. Okay. So he can minister. So that's a big area. Okay. Another area that's really huge is the area of lies we believe about God. And this is really, and sometimes, you know, we know the truth here, but it feels different here. Okay. You know, God, you know, I, I know you said you'd never leave us a forsake us. I know you said that we were one with you. I know you said you sacrificed for me. I know you said all this, but down here (laughs) where I'm living, it feels something else. And so God is the one to lead you. Listen, he's there to lead you and guide you all truth. He wants to reveal himself as he really is. And he is love. And so these lies require ministry. And so a lot of times that requires forgiving God and then receiving truth about God. Like, because if you really feel like he loves some people and not others and not you, okay, you're in pain. You're bleeding out over that. That requires ministry. Okay. And throwing a scripture at it, just tossing it out there is not going to minister to you. If God is ministering to you with scripture, understand he is the word. But if you have to take a written word and like white knuckle it and try to plunge it down there to get your heart to believe that is, it's not, it's no, it's not going to work. You need an engagement with the person who's ministering that. And it may come out of scripture and it may not, but it will be scriptural. Okay. All right. So there's that part with kind of the God piece and lies we believe about God and then the truth. And these are lies that we believe in the illogical parts. Not the parts that can write out the five-part sermon. <laughs> okay. This we're talking about ministry where we live, which is not going to be logical, but it's where we live. It's where we live. Okay. That's where you need encounter there. Okay. A whole nother flip side, our problem with ourselves. Okay. So these, um, they interlace. Okay. But our problems with ourselves. We've all disciplined, uh, disappointed ourselves. We've all violated our own conscience. We've all done horrible things. We just have. We've hurt people. And, you know, it's called sin. <laughs> and I know it's not sexy to talk about anymore, but we have it. Now, Now, let, let's be clear. Sin is where we're operating from a mistaken identity. Okay. And out of that place, out of that fallen identity, we try to get our needs met in fallen ways. And we end up hurting one another. We end up hurting ourselves. So no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It's not allowed. But we need to come clean with what's really going on. Because to say that we we never do sinful behavior, I mean, you're on crack. I'm just saying. It's just not right. I know it's not sexy to talk about it, but we do hurt one another. Because we don't know who we are. We don't know who he really is. We don't know who we are. And hence, we operate out of a fallen nature 
And we, you know, and, and, and we hurt ourselves and hurt one another. We violate love. Okay. So in this place where we know this happens, a lot of times we hold an offense against ourselves and we feel unworthy. We feel shameful. We feel less than. We feel not enough. We feel too much. We feel not good enough. We feel unworthy. The list goes on and on. And so we have this false sense of ourselves. And a lot of times, you know, if you've been rejected, you take it on yourself and say, yeah, there's something so wrong with me that I'm worth being rejected. If you've been abandoned, you're like, well, you know what? No one can really love me because there's something so ugly and hideous about me that if you really knew who I was, you would abandon me and all these different things. And these, this is part of the, 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 the pain of living in a fallen world. Okay. And then what happens is we look at these people that abandoned us, that exploited us, that abused us, that slandered us, that lied about us, that stole from us, that, you know, you name it. Okay. And particularly in foundational areas where these people were reflecting God to us. And we say, that's what God looks like. Or if honestly, if we have crappy religious doctrine, like if you have a God that beats the crap out of his son because he has an anger management problem about your sin, okay, your sinful behavior, okay, it's going to be really hard to trust a God where you're like, well, that's a God of love. And you're part of you that's honest is saying, well, like, that's not a God of love. Like if I had someone beat the crap out of their son for whatever reason, that is not love. You know what I mean? And so you have this cognitive dissonance and you have a hard time trusting God. So doctrine really does matter. Okay. It's important to get that straight that Jesus really is the express image of the father. And if you didn't see Jesus with an anger management problem, beating the pulp out of someone for their sins, then maybe, um, let me put it this way, then absolutely that's not Father God. So we do need to get our doctrine straight, okay? But in that place where we've maybe violated our own conscience, we know we've done things, you know, and we project onto God this anger or this disappointment. If you're like, well, you know, God, I, or we have crappy theology that says somehow there's something worm-like about you that we take on, you know, I'm just a sinner. Like what? Actually, Jesus really did accomplish something on that cross and he accomplished something when he created you before the foundation of the world in his image and likeness without spot or blemish. That is your nature. And if you have this concept that you have a sin nature, it's really important to get that doctrine cleaned up because it's going to be very hard to have relationship when you feel at your core, you're sinful. I'm not saying we haven't done sinful things for sure. I'm saying our nature is as Christ in this world. Our nature is without spot or blemish. That's your nature. And if you have the sense that your nature is sinful, it's like you, you never get away with it, right? So you're just trying to do better all the time, but you can't because you're actually, it's nature, you, you, you do from your who. And God made your who so gorgeous, so beautiful in his image and likeness without a spot or blemish. So he's trying to convince us of our original innocence that's who we are. And it's all the crap we have in between the ways that we believe we're unworthy, we're perverted, we're fallen, we're, um, we're ugly. Uh, if you really knew me, you'd, you'd abandon me or reject me. We're inadequate. We're not enough for all of these different lies that we believe about ourselves. And we project them on onto God and we say, I'm unworthy. So no, you can't love me. Right. 
because I'm intrinsically ugly. You know, listen, any place that's felt shame, that's a huge thing, you know, and I had sexual abuse when I was growing up and it was horrible. And I was like, shame was kind of just a second skin. It was who I was. And so God was going to be, was after that puppy. And if you feel shame about who you are, oh my goodness, God is after that puppy. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, if you think he's mad, he's mad at the right thing. He's mad at that shame that causes you, excuse me, to feel less than, to feel not pure, to feel undefiled, to feel defiled. Okay, so he's after that. Um, he's after anything that makes his children less than, that harms his kids. That harms his kids. Oh my goodness, that's why he hates sinful behavior, the entity of sin, hemartia, because it hurts his kids. Listen, if you want to see me, ooh, get hot, you mess with my kids. Oh my gosh, don't mess with my kids. You know what I mean? It's not going to be pretty. So any place where, um, where you're, you're believing those things about yourself, you're going to feel intrinsically unlovable. If you were molested, intrinsically unlovable, it's going to feel, that's going to feel like your, your real nature. Any place you were abandoned or rejected feels like your real nature. It's like there must be something so unlovable about me that not even God is going to hang around. Not even God is going to embrace me. And, uh, you know, and so God is after that. God is after that. All the lies we believe about him, all the lies we believe about ourselves. And that's going to require getting into those places, honestly, of original damage in some way, shape or form. So you can encounter him. And a lot of times what stands in that way is all the unforgiveness that we're holding. And sometimes we need to like, uh, spend a very long time forgiving ourselves because we feel like we let ourselves, you know, we, we defiled ourselves. Like I, I knew better and I did that anyway. I said I'd never do that again and I did it anyway. I harmed this person. I exploited this person. I abused this person. I abused myself. All the different, I, I, I'm judgmental. I'm, you know, whatever. And so we've got all these things and we've got this case against ourselves of why I'm, I'm so unlovable. And if you really knew me, you, you would reject me too, just like everyone else, right? And oh my goodness, God is after that. God is so after that because he knows who you are. And he is wild about who you are. And he wants you to know what, it's just all the crap in between, right? It's all the crap in between. Let me say, this takes time and this takes work. I, I know we want to go to a conference and I think it's great when, it, you know, if, if you go to a conference and woo, you just get this great encounter, great. And that does happen. But usually in terms of the transformational stuff in our day to day, where we live, how we operate, it's going to take some work. Why? Because listen, God's not going to, he is literally, God doesn't kick down the walls that we've put up. He doesn't, I like the way Paul Young said it, and I don't know if, if he, um, he, uh, penned this or not, but I'm taking it, <laughs> but I'm giving him credit. He's not going to rip us through the bars of our jail. He's not going to do it. So we're the ones that need to, to open up with that and, and engage. And God will engage, 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 because you do realize that as you engage with God, 
you're literally being transformed and conformed to his image. Now, it doesn't always feel good because a lot of times he's engaged, he wants to engage with us in our places of pain. And we spend a lot of time running from pain. But the problem is, is that it follows us. And so uh, uh, allowing in the proper time, allowing God to minister in those areas of pain, and you might need help with it. You might need to like actually invest some money (laughs) into this process because, you know, the thing is with our blind spots, this is going to be brilliant. So you might want to write this down. We are blind to our blind spots. We don't know. And so we need someone outside to help us. And, you know, in the areas where we feel incapacitated, we need someone to help us in the areas of our pain. And so it's some time with Jesus in and of that. That's always going to be a thing. But sometimes we need people to help us along the way. And guess who gets to lead you in that freedom? Oh, God gets to lead you. Why? Because he wants you free. And he wants you to be able to experience his love. He wants you to be able to be operating from that place of love. Like you're not trying to get there, but this is where you're coming from. But, you know, the word of God says that Christ came into the world as the light of the world, but the darkness didn't comprehend it, that, that, that people rejected him. We're not talking about a heaven hell issue except for the experience of heaven and hell. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about the places where God says, this is who I am. And we're like, I, I, I can't, I'm not jelly. And this doesn't, the truth is not feeling like the truth that needs ministry where the truth is not feeling like the truth. Because understand it's the truth, you know, in your innermost parts. And guess what? Oh, that's a person knowing that person in that innermost parts in the point of pain so he can transform that place of pain into peace. So it's a non-issue. So it's a non-issue. And then because your original design, you're created in the image and likeness of love, was to be loved and to love. That's your original design. But that's father blemish, right? Because of that, you automatically start to receive love and give love. You know, I I say you were marked by love before you were marred by anything else. And that is really true. But it takes some, because the thing is, if you've got all these programs that have been built up over decades about people, about God, about yourself, about relationships, and I'm telling you, the church world has its religious garbage and the secular world has its stupid garbage, right? Because they just don't, they're clueless. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they have, they have their own brilliant idea and whatever, they're running with it. And people are spending a lot of money for it. And so, we, we, you know, as human beings, we just have issues. <laughs> this is what it is. But we were designed. We were designed to love and to be loved. And you can't love if you're not receiving love. Because then you're just kind of doing it white knuckling. But it's not genuine, Right? Because other giving love is self-sacrificial. That's that's who God is, self-sacrificial. And then he and then he says, "Love as I love." So we're we're supposed to lay down our lives for one another. But a lot of times we're laying down our lives, and it's not coming out of this motive. There's no condemnation, in Christ Jesus. But we need to get first things first. We need to get. 
the horse before the cart. So any place where we need to forgive, any place where we need to uh, ourselves, God and others, that's huge. And you know what? And, and sometimes we need to forgive, you know, I, when people say, well, I've already done that. It's like, well, probably I'm sure you have if you're a Christian mm-hmm. or just a good person to read or whatever. But sometimes we need to forgive more because there's more, our hearts are feeling compromised. Understand too, forgiveness is not always because I'm angry. Sometimes it's just, I'm, I'm, I just feel compromised. I feel shut down and I need a voice. That's also forgiveness. Um, so that's huge. And then once we get past that layer, then we can connect with God better. It's like, okay, God, so what's the lie I'm believing about you? What's the lie I'm believing about myself and letting him minister? And a lot of times he needs to go back to the place where the lie was originally inserted and he can love in that place. And then love feels like love. It feels like love. And then you're operating on all cylinders. God wants his kids fully alive and fully human. And if you were created in the image of likeness to love, that means we love, love, but we've got an open heart that we're not so on lockdown mode and self-protective. You know, perfect love casts out fear. So that means if you live with an open heart, and I'm not saying no boundaries, so don't mishear me. I'm saying with an open heart and you have boundaries. So which means I know where I end. I know where you begin. And I decide who who can come in. Uh, and how much resources they get. That's healthy. Jesus had boundaries. He did. And so you live with an open heart, but with boundaries, but you're not on this protection lockdown mode. And so you can be fully alive and fully human. And one of the people that we do get on lockdown is God himself. So we cry like, I, I, I want to feel your love. And then we we're like so terrified that if he actually saw us, he'd reject us. So we don't let him love us. It's like, honey, I need to love that part away, that ugly part. You know, I mean, maybe in all honesty, you did do something despicable. What happens? You know, the thing was despicable, but you've internalized it that I'm despicable. No, you're not. You're his son, you're his daughter who did something really awful. That's why we need forgiveness. And that's why we need the the word of God talks about his cleansing our consciousness of sin. So we're free free to serve him. So if you have done something despicable, I mean, I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying it's a thing. Um, you know, forgiveness is really important. Receiving is forgiveness, forgiving yourself. I'm asking forgiveness of people where it, it, where you're being led to do that. And then cleaning up your mess, you really do need to do what you can. But outside of that, there's only so much you can do, right? God may just have to go in and heal something that you can't compensate for. But then letting him cleanse your conscience of sin. So you're like really free. And you're feeling clean and undefiled because it's very hard to be loved when you feel despicable, when you feel shameful. And sometimes it's other people's sinful behaviors that did that. But either way, it just all needs cleanup and it all needs freedom so that you can actually receive his love. It's that love that's going to heal you. But you know, guys, a lot of times love is just not going to come on you like a seizure. It's just not. I mean, it's great. Sometimes you enter an atmosphere and it hits you, but that's pretty few and far between. So that means whatever's hin- the hindrance, we need to work at. And it actually is W-O-R-K, but it's God-empowered work. It also takes bravery. Why? Because you're going to have to go to the places that you don't want to go to, that are the painful places, but you go there to heal them. 
if you know uh, if there's a cancer in your body, that is a painful place, okay? But guess where the doctors, if they're going to head a beeline toward that painful place, why to heal it? It's the same thing with God. He's going to head after the end to heal it. So that worst nightmare of your life or whatever is like, I remember that I, I am really good. I am so free. Yay. And he's able to do that because he is miraculous and he wants you whole. You know, another word for wholeness is the word holiness. Holiness, holiness, same root word. And there's a beauty of holiness. There's a beauty because you're firing according to original design and you're not doing stuff to get there. No, you're being unveiled. And some of that unveiling is a healing process in order to manifest that. It's the manifestation of the sons of God, which creation is groaning to reveal. You know, and sometimes it's not, uh, one thing I want to mention, sometimes, you know, I know I'm talking pretty extreme language, you know, shame and despicable and whatever, okay. Um, and sometimes our our issues aren't like sweeping. And so you feel like, well, that's not me because I'm not really bleeding out or whatever. I've had a pretty good life. Well, you know, sometimes it's pretty subtle. Sometimes it's just a sense of um, God's disappointed in me because I didn't do everything correctly. Well, you're not going to do everything correctly. And he's not disappointed. Disappointment would require that he is not omniscient because he already knew you were going to do something stupid. <laughs> he already knew. He already was, he knew what he was in there for when he took on the human race. And he's forgiven it. You're pre-forgiven. Lies that you believe you're ugly. A place where you feel condemned. You know, in Christ, there is no condemnation. I love that. It's just across the board. There's no condemnation. Now, when you're operating in ways outside of your union with God, there's no real place where you're not in union with God, but there are places that are blinded and feel disconnected. I want to make sure I'm wording that correctly. You know, there's no place that God is not, and there's no place where he's not joined himself to you. You're one through his choice, his decision before the foundation of the world, before he sent you, he didn't ask for your vote. But it, what he is asking is your agreement. It's already been established. The truth is already the truth, whether you agree with it or not. But the truth you're not experiencing, you're not in agreement with, you're not going to experience, so you're not going to be free. So he's awakening us to these truths that feel that way. So if you feel that God is angry or disappointed, separate, changeable, that's, I kind of brought up that penal substitution. We kind of get all this religious language that it has to be punished. No, that's what for, you don't. You don't punish what you forgive. And so if you've already forgiven, you don't punish. So God has forgiven the sins of the entire world. I think I might say that right. He died for the sins of the entire world. Okay. It's already forgiven. You don't punish what you forgive. And so which brings a whole nother discussion of what justice looks like and what wrath looks like. I, I believe the wrath of God is every is God pursuing everything. That's not of love's kind. He's after that hot mess. Like he hates sin, hamartia, because it molests his kids. But he's wild about his kids. You're of love's kind. So if God is about the image of conforming you to his son, the image of love, everything that's not of love's kind, that's going to be going down. And sometimes that can be brutal. <laughs> but he's not killing you. You've already died in Christ. He's killing every every false way of being, every false identity, every all of these um, these ways that we're trying to get for ourselves what he provides. 
all these idols. He's after those. And we feel like we're dying when God is after our idols. And he's not doing it to punish. He's like, no, you're so amazing. I can't leave you the way I found you. So understanding better about the wrath of God and what that really is. That's love pursuing you and not letting you be less than who you are. But he's not, it's, 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 it's uh, restorative, not retributive. Um, it's important to get your theology better, coming up higher. Like none of us have it all together. I'm sure I will like disagree with myself in five minutes, but <laughs> it's all good. I'm happy where I'm at onto the place where I'm going, right? As you are willing to, to do this kind of work, oh my goodness, you're automatically going to experience God's love. Because when he loves you in the places that don't feel lovable, or he heals those places that make God feel like he's really not loving, oh my goodness, what was originally intended to love and be loved just happens. And you were created for it. You're not too far gone. You were created for it. Before any of the other mess came out, you were created for it. Marked by love before you were marred by anything else. I love her about my book now because I think this is actually helpful because you're, you're probably going to need some help with this. So this is the cheapest way I know how <laughs> to help you with this. Uh, for those of you who haven't gotten this book and, and want to do this work, this will help you. In it, I have a lots of revelation, but I have got love encounter breaks. This means that you are encountering God in all the places that feel shut down right? That feels shut down. And this talks about hindrances and how, how to get over them. It's not just, I hate giving people, well, this is the problem and have a good day. It's like, well, now I feel really more depressed than when I saw you. <laughs> so I'm here to help you overcome those hindrances and really putting yourself in this and doing the work will help you. If you need a counselor, oh my God, believe God for the money you need. I hear it all the time. I don't have money for it. Well, you know what? And then you, and, and so you're going to live the rest of your life broken. So believe God, like if he's the one that's calling you to wholeness, if there's something you need to get there from here, he will provide it. He's so, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over. And if you're having a hard time believing that, then let God minister to that. So you get what you need uh, because you've got a God who cares about you, who is wild about you. Oh, if, and if you're looking for the book, it's on Amazon. I have a Kindle version, a paperback version, and an audible version for all you audio people. And if you get it, let me know how you like it. Uh, I also have, just so you know, while we're at it, I also have a workbook. Some people are workbook people. And so this has, this has a little more kind of revelation and ministering to you that way. And Love Encounter Breaks. And this has a lot more kind of uh, Love Encounter Break, working through stuff, exercises, and less revelation. I really wrote them to go together, but they can stand alone. So anyway, they're both available on Amazon. I think this is just on paperback because it's actually a workbook. So I hope that's helpful for you today. I love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.